I think the tendency in songwriting is to just be indulgent, and so you can very much put your feelings and your experience above truth. And so I think songwriting needs to come into the whole bring everything in subjection to Jesus. Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Note Podcast. My name is Isaac, your host, and I'm in the studio today with uh, three other human beings, which is awesome. I got Sean, who you know. Hey, Sean. Hey, thanks for having me. You're welcome. And uh, we have Leo. Hi. Hey. <laughs> and uh, his wife, Emma. Hey. And uh, Leo and Emma are guests on the show. They are a, uh, a couple, married couple from Vancouver, young married couple, uh, musicians. So I'm really happy you guys were able to come and, and hang out. And we're in a series right now called Christ and Culture. We're sort of looking at how Christians are to engage uh, social and entertainment media and just media in general. Music, obviously, is an art form put through media that's been around for ages. Historically, it's ancient, right? So Christians have, in one sense or another, engaged it in many different ways throughout history. And here we are in the 21st century. We're all fairly young guys, and we all love music. And we want to talk about how we engage it as Christians. So the first kind of question, the first kind of topic that I will kind of want to jump into is um, what kind of goes into, firstly, the the listening of music. So when you guys want to listen to music, like what, as a Christian, do you kind of put it through a filter? Do you create boundaries for yourself? What do you kind of do? Well, I think that we're very intentional, maybe, about what we listen to. Like we listen to a lot of music in our house um, and we listen to like secular music and a little like Christian music as well. But I think that there's sort of like there'll be times in the car where we'll be listening to something, I don't know, like some of the secular music that we like, like maybe like some Radiohead or some Feist. Those are like CDs that we have in our car right now. Um, yeah, and like just that we'll realize that we haven't really spent much time with the Lord that day or something. So sometimes it's a matter of like, I don't know, just like putting on worship music and recentering ourselves. And there's a bit of like a priority there. I don't know. We both can kind of feel it sometimes like, oh, we're not like more of our music, our love of music is just about the music and not about like glorifying God by listening to it. Yeah. So do you find that like secular music, because some Christians are like against the whole idea of secular and sacred music, right? But do you find that sort of listening to music that's not intentionally glorifying God kind of uh, not drains you, but just eventually kind of you get thirsty and hungry for the glory of God? I think where your heart is, is going to have an effect on what you're deciding to listen to. You can feel it. It's pretty noticeable, like when oh, I haven't been actually seeking God's face. Right. So then just feels weird to not take opportunities to. And that's really kind of it. So like if I'm in a place where I feel very aware and close to God, then I'm going to be more open to doing other things. So your filter of like what you want to listen to that may be secular is that just merely based on what you find appealing or do you kind of search out things specifically for any kind of reason? I don't know. Like I listen really broadly. Like I listen to a lot of music and I've kind of over the years of knowing Leo kind of pulled him into that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'd say a lot of it is is musically things that we're attracted to. Sometimes for the production, sometimes just for someone who's a great songwriter or I don't know, it really depends. Or maybe there's just an album that has like a great atmosphere, like listening to, I love listening to jazz. So sometimes like that just creates a nice atmosphere in our house. Yeah, but there is this sort of always like, I guess back of mind priority of like, we don't want to be listening to things that are overly like derogatory or, you know, anything that's blatantly like kind of 
creating a bad environment. And sometimes, like, hanging out with even secular friends and stuff, that can come up as a thing that we kind of have to balance out. But, yeah, in our own life, I'd say that there's a a ton of factors on what we end Mm -hmm. up putting on, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think that's important because I think sort of like the whole monasticism movement where people would retreat away from the world and sort of think that that's the way that they can be closest with God. And sure, there were some benefits there, but I think we can also kind of do that with our music sometimes, especially Christians can. And they'll sort of have this like monastic Christian music where they won't even touch anything outside. But it's true. Like I think secular music obviously can have benefits in the sense that it could be praising godly things like equality and love and all those different things that are good. And it also bridges opportunity for you to kind of be in the know and be able to talk to your non-Christian friends as well. So you're not sort of like this, I just listen to Jeremy Camp and Casting Crowns. And people are like, what is, what is that? You know? Yeah. Anyway, so the next kind of part of that question is taking away from the listening aspect now, more to the making of music. Um, you, you guys are all musicians here. The first thing is, what first comes to mind for you when you desire to want to write a song like it could be an emotional thing is it a spiritual thing is it like you've you've made a goal saying i'm going to write for every week so it could just be a practical thing i write mostly for working things through it's just more of a personal thing but at the same time i think the tendency in songwriting is to just be indulgent and so you can very much put your feelings and your experience above truth. And so I think songwriting needs to come into the whole bring everything in subjection to Jesus. So, okay, here's how I feel. Like if you look at the Psalms, for example, it's a lot of honesty, but it's always coming back to the same fact. It's like God is in control or, you know, God deserves the glory, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And songwriters, any sort of artist has a tendency of just being very overindulgent and, oh, this is how I feel and and not really training and and mastering and bringing their their feelings and their emotions and their thoughts into subjection and including that in there because you kind of separate it away from, oh, this is where God is in control and then here's where it's not because it's just this sort of art form thing when you really do need to bring it into that whole, you know, lordship. So do you intentionally try to do that with everything you write? Um, I'll write something and I'll say, I really, really like this. And then I'll start to, you know, look through it and just start to see, okay, is that, is that really faithful? Mm. Uh, Is that really taking into consideration the truth and the promises of God and that sort of thing? Mm -hmm. You know, so, because like aside from affecting others, it's also affecting yourself. Yeah. You're training yourself to respond in a certain way, Mm -hmm. right? I think something that we've, sort of talked about just as an extension of that is like if you're not writing music that has lyrics I guess explicitly then what would be like the a thing that's still glorifying to God like maybe an instrumental music or like in how do I say this music is this way of expressing things that are ineffable and sometimes our our feelings and the experience of the glory of God is this ineffable thing Mm -hmm. so We've talked a little bit about like how instrumental music is one way of kind of doing that, like listening to classical music or, yeah, even when I first became a believer and I didn't really know a lot of Christian music and maybe was like a little bit put off by some of the Christian music that I was finding, um, I was listening to a lot of like Sigur Ross, like Mm -hmm. instrumental Mm -hmm. albums or things with like these Icelandic lyrics that I couldn't understand um, while I was like having my prayer time, my worship time in the morning, just because it had this, this beauty and this glory about it that I was attributing to God. I think that's that's important because any artist, whether they are Christian or not Christian, when they produce something and you see it and you are like, that's amazing, in a sense, you're giving glory to God because this person has, even if it's unintentional, they've 
you know, they've created. And when they're doing that, they are reflecting the character of God in them to make this thing, right? And that's why it's sad when we see art and you can think of music that's, you know, it's made just for the pure purpose of money or just Hollywood junk food music. That's like, this is not giving glory to God at all, right? And I think it's interesting, as you said that, a lot of people talk about this, but I think it's important, like Saul, when he was like stressed out in, you know, being a king and fighting, they had David come in and he was playing a little harp and it was like the first kind of idea of like music therapy and where I like actually helped him. This harp music actually was able to calm him. And I think that's neat how when we are able to like your prayer time, right? You're in the word and you're hearing this instrumental kind of beautiful music. It kind of works hand in hand. And God knows that. That's why he told us, like, when you're in church, sing, because there's this connection there that's really amazing, right? Yeah, I think it's interesting, like, when I listen to music, there's this premise between, like, instrumental music and lyrical music and how there's actually, like, two kind of different ties on how you experience those things because lyrical music can be very, if you understand it, can be very analytical and very poetic, and it, it kind of captures this whole kind of other idea of your mind and how you're thinking about it. And that in itself will result in different ways that you'll glorify God through it or actually become an idol worshiper through it. Whereas just instrumental music is almost this other side where it's very emotional based and based off your feelings. Like when I listen to music, I'll either listen to it to engage it and think about what is it? What is it speaking to me? Um, What are my friends listening to? Why are they listening to this? And it might be some pretty crazy music that some people might not agree that I should listen to, but I'm engaging it in a certain way. Whereas other music I would listen to, to actually amplify what I'm feeling, right? So that the whole premise is like, I want to listen to worship music. And you're doing that because you want to amplify the state that you're in and the state you want to be in, and that'll help get you there further. And so in the end, it's like when you're listening to like instrumental music, what are the feelings that are actually amplifying your emotions? Because you can totally listen to a certain type of music that will actually amplify an emotion in you that shouldn't be amplified and that shouldn't be coerced into producing fruit. Whereas there are other kind of emotions and feelings and things that actually can be and should be kind of brought into fruition. So if music then, if um, if it's like other art forms where there's not really these hard and fast lines for everyone to abide by, like you can or you can't, you know, what are the principles then, like kind of the biblical principles that every Christian needs to kind of hold to uh, when it goes to like creating, creating music and just music in general? As Christians, we're always called to be glorifying God. Like the minute that it becomes like Shama was talking about, like an idol worshiping thing, that's a real real problem and it's a real easy thing to slip into in music um, with a lot of songs being these songs of like love and devotion or even just music itself like I've been going to school for three years now in a bachelor music program and there's this sort of like pseudo spiritual thing that's almost taught out of our program about how you know music is this beautiful Pythagorean thing and there's almost like this worship of Mm -hmm. the perfection and the beauty of music itself just when I became a Christian, which was in the middle of that program, I I realized that there was like a cap on that. There was sort of an extent that you could go to where you were just worshiping the music itself. And then this new higher level where the music could be this beautiful thing, but could also be an expression of my love for God and my desire to worship him through song and through instrumental music as right. well. Yeah. So yeah, as a, as a creator of music, mm-hmm. there's this experience that you're having while you're creating the music. Mm-hmm. And if that's something that you're feeding off of personally or where you're worshiping or loving something else, mm-hmm. then I think that there's 
definitely you need to sort of do some self-evaluation. Yeah, and definitely. So is there where your tensions are with it all? Like if you're going to it just to feed that, whatever yeah. that is, you know, or for your own glory or whatever, if your intentions are there, then it's probably not the best thing. And that goes to everything in life. Yeah. What are the kind of principles do you guys think that we need to kind of have as Christians? It's all permissible, but not all expedient. Mm-hmm. Not everything is helping you grow into what God is making. And some of it goes against the grain of what God is making. So you're actively getting in the way of what the Spirit is doing, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be doing that. I think just being a praying person and a person uh, in the Word who knows the Word, you know, meditating on it, getting it in your brain is paramount because music being such like an emotional thing and us being such an like idol-inclined people are extremely susceptible to just the, its negative effects. Mm-hmm. So being a person who's in the Word and letting the, you know, the final say be the Word and, and sinking that in with prayer and just the knowledge of God throughout your day is going to affect how you're listening to things, how you're making things, ultimately how you're responding. So really just the basic principles of just godly life are going to impact the way that you make music. Just ceaseless prayer, walk in the Spirit, discernment of the Spirit in all situations, doing all for the glory of God, and that kind of hits it. That's cool. Does the world need more specifically Christian music or Christian musicians? I think the label is unhelpful. I think a lot of people would say that. I think more so, like, what was music made for, right? Imagine garden, like, garden pre-sin. Like, what did God intend music for? And it would seem, like, to his glory, somewhat to, to enjoy him and enjoy what he's made. But yeah. in a lot of ways, it's, it's songs to God. And I was thinking about, like, power ballads and, and anthem rock and stadium rock. And how it's, you know, we've, we've heard so much of it and it's fairly lame to think about now, even though we will enjoy it if we go to, say, like a stadium show. But that actually worship is probably the only thing that warrants that kind of bombasticness, that, that kind of energy, that kind of emotion, mm-hmm. that kind of loudness. Like, because God is really the only one that should receive that sort of amplifying. Yeah, that's, that's good. When you say that, I, I think of after God, through Moses, led Israel through the sea, then Miriam got out her tambourines and they all started praising the Lord. Now, it wasn't like, hey, let's all gather and watch Miriam with their tambourine like girls because they're amazing. Uh, it was like, no, we're doing this out of a direct result of what God has done. And he needs to be the one that's amplified here, not just because Miriam can really shake it or something. And I, I think the first thing you said, I, it popped in my head. I had the chance to do a workshop with Derek Webb a couple years ago. He's the one of the singers of Cademan's Call, an old 90s Christian band. Anyways, he, he if you never heard, of, I don't know if you heard of Noise Trade. It's like an online uh, thing. He, he's, he created it, or he's like the co-creator. And yeah, and for the longest time, Noise Trade never had a Christian section on their website. They would have like blues and all these different genres, but he, he never wanted to have Christian on there. But finally, after so many people like... So a lot of Christians were on noise trade. So finally, out of pressure, he finally put Christian on there. But he was so so against, like, I don't want there to be a Christian. Like, what is Christian music? He's like, what is that? So it's kind of interesting. Uh, for our listeners, Leo and Emma actually have a song that uh, they've uh, made with their, with their band, which they'll talk about more. But uh, we're going to play it. And Leo, if you just want to kind of share about the song and sort of the band, that'd be awesome. Right. Well, well, the band, first of all, is No More. There's <laughs> no more band. Oh, there is no more band. Okay. Though we probably work together on stuff still and write together and that sort of thing. But the band started, I, I'd left church in favor of just doing life without it. Uh, but also, I don't think I understood the gospel 
and like how it affects you. Um, I had a misunderstanding of what Christianity was about in a lot of ways, which I could actually credit to song choices in some degree because songs teach you things. Um, anyhow, so I left the faith and I started writing these songs about my fallout with faith and God. Um, and I wanted the band to play them, so I started working with these guys. Characteristic in my songs back then was the sense of uh, trying to get something you can't get. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of the color of the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's listen to it, and then we'll come back. Tore these petals on bones Loves me much or loves me none Forgive me for this testing tongue Oh no. 
Well, thank you so much, uh, Leo and Emma, for coming in the studio today, and Sean as well. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So thanks, guys, for coming out. Um, that wraps up the Indoubt podcast show. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can go to indoubt.ca and listen to past episodes. We just finished now our Christ and Culture series. Uh, next week, we have a one-week series on creation care, kind of talking about uh, what it means to really tend and, and uh, the garden that God has put us in uh, in the 21st century. So I'm excited about that. Uh, anyways, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'd love to connect with you. Uh, that being said, I'm Isaac, and these are my friends, and this is the Indo Podcast. The In Doubt Podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's young adult ministry, In Doubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.